This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Well, it's finally peer-reviewed and published. Ivermectin worked significantly to reduce deaths from COVID-19. Let's go ahead and go over this study. Uh, Dr. Pierre Corey brought our attention to this. He actually tweeted about it, saying the preprint of this paper was the final piece of evidence which convinced me, Paul, and the FLCCC that widespread ivermectin distribution could end the pandemic in October of 2020. Took two years, but now peer-reviewed and published in a major journal. So this was the study that he used when it was just a preprint back in 2020 when he was saying, okay, it's time to come up with some kind of treatment for COVID-19. And he came up with the FLCCC protocol, which includes ivermectin, amongst other things. And people could go on the website and they could figure out, okay, um, are you just exposed to COVID? Like maybe you're taking care of somebody or someone in your house has COVID. Are you, do you have COVID? Did you just test positive? Which variant do you have? And you can look this up on their site and then you could follow whichever protocol they had there listed on their site. And it all included ivermectin. Now, a lot of people pointed at the study that they were using as the preprint. And they said, well, this isn't peer reviewed and uh, this isn't published. This is just a preprint. There's no there there. And so you guys are just taking horse medicine for absolutely nothing. And now, two years later, you know, it's like, uh, or now we're three years, you know, too little, too late, really. Ultimately, we now get this study that has been officially peer reviewed and published, and it shows significant. Significant, significant, significant reduction in COVID-19. So let's go over this study. This was um, excess deaths, uh, COVID-19 excess deaths in Peru's 25 states in 2020. So what they did was they looked at the various different states in Peru and their use of ivermectin. Now, this was before uh, there was a president of Peru who started just using widespread ivermectin everywhere, said, you know, we should maybe try this out. And then the states decided inside of Peru how much ivermectin they were actually going to deploy. And some of them did maximum ivermectin for everybody. Some did a, a medium amount and some did very minimal amounts of COVID. And they were able to track then the excess mortality based on uh, and correlate it to ivermectin usage. What they also found was that then when the new president came in, the new president was following the rest of the world and saying, oh, no, ivermectin doesn't work. We're going to ban this. It's just, you know, if you're seeing any sort of results with ivermectin, it's just um, coincidence. It's not actually ivermectin. It's something else. It must be the masks or the lockdowns or social distancing or whatever, you know, all the things that people kind of said, well, it wasn't ivermectin. It was something else. So the new president came in and actually limited the use of ivermectin. And when they limited the reuse, the the use of ivermectin, the death rate shot way back up. And that's what this study shows. So we're going to go over some of the um, let's just I'm going to read for you the results and the conclusions. and I'm going to show you the graphs. Okay, so they're saying the results reductions in excess deaths over a period of 30 days after peak deaths averaged 74 percent in the 10 states with the most intensive ivermectin use. So a 74% reduction in excess deaths in the states with the most intensive ivermectin use. 74%. That's not small. 
says before a new president of Peru restricted its use, there was a 14-fold, 14-fold reduction in nationwide excess deaths and then a 13-fold increase in the two months following the restriction of ivermectin use. So it was exactly correlating. They used ivermectin. It went way down, 14-fold reduction. Then, boom, they lifted then they, or they put a ban on ivermectin. And, thir- and and just went shot right back up, 13-fold increase. The conclusion, the natural experiment that was put into motion with the authorization of ivermectin use for COVID-19 in Peru in May of 2020, as analyzed using data to on excess deaths by locality and by state from Peruvian national health sources, resulted in strong evidence for the drug's effectiveness. Several potential confounding factors, including effects of social isolation, mandates imposed in 2020, variations in the genetic makeup of SARS-CoV-2 virus, so that's different variants, and differences in seropositivity rates and population densities across the 25 states were considered but did not appear to have significantly increased the, influenced those outcomes. It's Thursday, August 17th, year of our Lord, 2023. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. I am your host, Harrison Smith. What a show we have for you today. We'll be joined in the third hour by Patricia Finn. She is the lawyer of the plaintiffs that are suing EcoHealth Alliance, Peter Dadzik, and others for the creation of the COVID-19 virus. Very excited to talk to her. We also are learning more stuff about the Maui fires, more about the Trump indictments, and a lot of videos to show you besides all of that. Lots of stuff to cover today. So let's just get into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. Here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Thursday, the 17th of August, 2023. Hawaiian Electric knew wildfires in Maui were a growing risk, but waited years to act. During the 2019 wildfire season, one of the worst Maui had ever seen, Hawaii Electric concluded it needed to do far more to power its to prevent its power lines from emitting sparks. The utility examined California's plans to reduce fires ignited by fire lines, starting uh, started by flying drones over its territory and vowed to take steps to protect its equipment and its customers from the threat of life. Nearly four years later, the company had completed little such work. Between 2019 and 2022, it invested less than $245,000 on wildfire-specific projects on the island, regulatory filings show. It didn't seek state approval to raise rates to pay for broad wildfire safety improvements until 2022 and is yet to receive it. Now, the company is facing scrutiny, litigation, and I financial crisis over indication that its power lines may have played a role in igniting the deadliest U.S. wildfire in more than a century. The blaze has caused more than 100 deaths, destroyed the historic town of Lahaina, and resulted in an estimated billions of dollars in damage. The fire's cause has not yet been determined, but mounting evidence suggests the utility's equipment was involved. One video taken by a resident shows a downed power line igniting dry grass along a road near Lahaina. A firm that monitors grid sensors reported dozens of electrical disruptions in the hours before the fire began, including one that coincided in time with video footage of a flash of light from power lines. Hawaiian Electric said it would investigate any role its infrastructure may have played and cooperate with a separate probe into the fire launched last week by Hawaii by the Hawaii Attorney General. 
Again, we'll get into this uh, credit. Kudos, of course, to Alex Jones, who basically called this out immediately after it happened and got into it a little bit yesterday. Now we're learning more about it. And there's a lot more about Maui that we'll have a little bit later in the show. I guess it's not here in the – nothing else in the Daily Dispatch, but there's uh, more to cover. A lot of very, very interesting goings-on in Maui. So we'll, we'll get back into that a little bit later. Meanwhile, veto overridden ban on gender-affirming care for minors takes effect – Effect in North Carolina. Transgender youth in North Carolina lost access Wednesday to gender affirming medical treatments after the Republican led General Assembly overrode the governor's veto of that legislation and other bills touching on gender in sports and LGBTQ plus instruction in the classroom. GOP supermajorities in the House and Senate enacted over Democrat Governor Roy Cooper's opposition a bill barring medical professionals from providing hormone therapy, puberty blocking drugs, and surgical gender transition procedures to anyone under 18 with limited exceptions. The law takes effect immediately, but minors who had begun treatment before August 1st may continue receiving that care if their doctors deem it medically necessary and their parents' consent. North Carolina becomes becomes the 22nd state to enact legislation restricting or banning gender-affirming medical care for transgender minors, but most face legal challenges, and local LGBTQ plus rights activists vow to take the ban to court. Senate voted 27 to 18 to complete the veto override after the House voted 74-45 earlier. Two House Democrats joined all present Republicans in supporting the override bill. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry, North Carolinians. You cannot mutilate your children anymore. I know. They're just awful. Just terrible. It's a good start. It's a good start. It's like the bare minimum. It's like ground level acceptable legislation being passed. I'd like for it to go a hell of a lot farther. How about any doctor who has castrated, genitally mutilated, uh, put on puberty blockers, any child should maybe go to jail. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Is it not a crime if it's done in a hospital? If you castrate a child outside of a hospital setting, is that legal? No? Hmm. Why is it legal inside the hospital setting? Sort of a similar theme as our next story. Quebec becomes the world euthanasia hotspot where 7% of all deaths are lethal injections. That's right, folks. 7% of all deaths in Quebec were assisted suicide by the hospital. Quebec comes the world's euthanasia hotspot where 7% of all deaths are lethal injections and officials expand access to Alzheimer's sufferers and force all hospice to offer, hospices to offer assisted suicides. Cancer sufferer Colette Julien says assisted suicide will help her be at peace. One of these things, can, can we get any... Um, you know, feedback after the procedure. Are you happy that you killed yourself? Oh, right. You're dead. You can't answer. I don't know. It's one of those. She's like, it will help me be at peace. Will it, though? We don't know. Because once it's done, well, it's done. Disability rights campaigner Steen Lapierre says it's dangerous. Canada is on track to a record staggering 13,500 euthanasia deaths in 2022.
And hey, it's uh, Alzheimer's, cancer, if you're poor or depressed. Again, we covered the story a few days ago. Woman goes to a hospital for help with her suicidal thoughts. The hospital's response is, we can get that done for you right away. Have you considered killing yourself? I'm here to treat my suicidal thoughts. Well, have you considered suicide? Insane. Meanwhile, from the New York Post, homeowner arrested after trying to evict squatters from his own property. He walked in on weapons, a prostitute, and a bunch of dogs. A homeowner stopped by to check on his suburban Atlanta property, only to be arrested for trespassing. Days after the departure of the previous tenant, Tim Arco pulled into the driveway of his house in Desirable Decatur, where he suddenly encountered a stranger waving a gun in his face. I didn't walk in on a family eating dinner. I walked in on a weapons, a prostitute, a bunch of dogs in the back, my fence broken down, he told a reporter. After dialing 911 to report the intrusion, Arco was astonished to find himself being arrested and taken into police custody. They told police that I was a home invader and it was their home, so I ended up being arrested and detained. Since then, Arco has been fighting to evict the alleged squatters in court. Six months later, they're still living in Arco's home. This happened six months ago, and they're still living in Arco's home. By the way, two people have died in that residence from overdoses in those last six months. Anarcho tyranny, folks. Anarcho tyranny. Yeah, we have the video. We'll show you a little bit later. Code enforcement has even cited Arco for not properly maintaining the house he legally can't access. (laughs) It just gets worse and worse. After lengthy court delays, an eviction order was finally signed. Arco still awaits marshals, however, to conduct the eviction. (laughs) It's Uh, It's completely insane. Again, it would be preferable to just have no government. It would be preferable to just have anarchy. In anarchy, someone's staying in your house. You just walk in. You just shoot them in the head a few times. And you bury them in the backyard and you go about your business. It's literally preferable to what's going on here, where the person occupying your house puts a gun in your face, the police arrest you, the utility company finds you for not maintaining the house, and then you're kept out of your house for six months while the criminals use it as a drug den. Incredible. Incredible. Another story out of... Georgia here. Fulton County clerk who leaked Trump charges says she accidentally hit send instead of save. So it turned out not to uh, not to be a fake document after all. She hit send instead of save. Hey, who says clerks need to be literate? Who says that if you're working in a federal courthouse charging the president of the United States, you, you need to be able to read four letter words? America is waking up to the sad and painful fact that we've been under a multinational globalist deep state intelligence agency controlled coup for decades in this country. We didn't have full control 30, 40 years ago, but they're really attempting full control now. And that's where we are. And InfoWars has engaged in the best long-term analysis of the enemy operation and predicted the resistance movement would form against it and the fact that we would have major successes against the enemy, but they would then double, triple, quadruple down. That's where we are now. So it's more important than ever that InfoWars stay on the air. I just want to thank you all for your support and spreading the word. It's more important than ever that we get funding. We try to make it easier for you to fund us. 
by simply going to InfoWarsStore.com and getting great products that enrich you and your family's lives. I want to just encourage you all to not forget that without you, we won't be here. So please go to InfoWarsStore.com today, and I thank you. A lot of listeners have complained in the last two years that our amazing high-quality coffee has not been available. And that's because the prices went up too high for the raw beans and the quality had gone down some. I turned down so many companies that wanted to work with us. But now, we have brought back the coffee and it's even better from a national supplier that's veteran-owned and veteran-operated. It's powered by the company Minuteman Coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best-tasting, best-smelling, strongest coffee that I have ever drank. It is game-changing. All you got to do is buy a bag of it and try it. I know you're going to be hooked, which will then fund our Operation A360 win. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now for Escape the Prison Planet Light Roast. That's the strongest. The amazing Medium Roast Wig of America. And finally, the best-tasting Dark Roast Tip of the Spear, now exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. Get your coffee now. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Gentlemen, this is the American Journal. We're joined in the third hour by Patricia Finn, a good health lawyer. She's actually helping her clients sue Peter Daszak and Eco Health Alliance for creating COVID 19. Very excited to talk to her. We'll be taking your calls throughout the second hour today. I gotta admit, I'm I'm on a little little bit of a short fuse today. Last night was not not an easy one. I don't know why, man. My kids were waking up. She woke up at midnight, woke up at two, woke up at four, screaming bloody murder. Can't figure out why, but boy am I tired. I'd probably be in a horrible mood. I don't know if anybody else is like this. I, pretty much my mood for the rest of the day is settled within the first, like, 30 seconds that I wake up. And I would be just seething if it weren't for a little, a little ray of light that hit me early in the morning. First things I do, just wake up, check Twitter, get some of that blue light from the screen. <laughs> I wake up before the sun comes up normally. Uh, And usually it's your typical deluge of madness, nonsense, horror show. But not today. Not today. Today I was hit with a very uplifting video. Very, to me, joyous and powerful video. If it weren't for, for seeing this first thing in the morning... Who'd know, who, who knows how I'd feel, but really put me in a good mood this morning. And I, so I want to start the show with this. We're going to go now to uh, clip number two. This is the leader of the pack in the Argentinian candidacy for uh, president. We, of course, have been talking a little bit about him, a couple stories here or there. He is what the mainstream media calls a rightist who admires Trump. He came in first in the primary vote. He looks a little bit 
like Austin Powers, I'm not going to lie. And, you know, the first that we heard about this was because uh, the uh, international economic community is punishing Argentina already for even daring to consider this guy as president. From the AP, this was posted two days ago, 15th of August. Argentine peso plunges after rightist who admires Trump comes first in primary vote. The Argentine peso plunged Monday after an anti-establishment candidate who admires former President Donald Trump came first in primary elections that will help determine the country's next president. This contributes to the video you're about to see, but this video of him, extremely powerful, extremely necessary for the world that we live in today. I want to see more of this energy going into the future. I'll read the subtitles, and I'll try my best to replace the S word with the C word. You'll see what I mean. Uh, here is Yav- uh, Javier Mil- uh, Millet. Javier Millet, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, here he is talking about why he's so popular. He says, we can't give crap leftards an inch. How do you define crap leftards? All collectivists, all kinds of collectivists, he says. Why do you call them crap? Because they're crap. <laughs> if you think differently from them... They kill you. This is the point. You can't give crap leftists an inch. If you give them an inch, they will use it to destroy you. You can't negotiate with leftards. You don't negotiate with trash because they will end you. Since we are so much better than them, since we are defeating them in the cultural battle, we are not only superior economically, we're morally superior, we're aesthetically superior, we're better than them, ev- we're better than them at everything, and it triggers them. And since they can't beat our arguments and ideas peacefully, then they use the repressive apparatus of the state to try to destroy us, with taxpayer money to influence public opinion about us, and yet they're still losing. You understand? They're losing. They're desperate. The crap leftists are losing the culture war. For the first time ever, leftards are cornered. (laughs) Yeah. Is he wrong, though? No, but tell me where he's wrong. Point out the part where he's wrong. I mean, it's, a, it's across the board. It's everywhere you look. Everything he said there was right. Leftists, they're ugly. They're weak. They're pathetic. They're despicable. They champion the worst people in the world constantly. And that's all they champion. It's the criminals. It's the corrupt bureaucratic class. It's the corrupt politicians. It's the warmongers. It's the baby killers. It's the pedophiles. Like these are bad people, morally, aesthetically, economically, they're crap a hundred percent. And I wish I could use the, the real word for that because it's only more, it's, it's only appropriate. He's exactly right. If you give them an inch, They will crush you. If you let them off the leash for a single second, they will turn the power of the state on you and use it to repress and destroy your ability to have a political future. You can't give them an inch. They can't win the argument. 
They can't win hearts and minds. And they're still losing, even with the unified combined power of not just the American government, but the American corporations and the stakeholder capitalism and the banking combines and the World Economic Forum and the censorship from the ADL and the big tech companies and the deep state spy apparatus that's throwing people in prison for posting memes and going after the president of the United States, former President Donald Trump, in charge after ridiculous, unsubstantiated charge, and they're still losing. It's a pathetic array of weakness. And yet, why is it being imposed? Why does it seem like they're winning? Why do they have cultural dominance and a monopoly on Hollywood and now even video games and music and everything else because the people in power, the people that run the world, this very, very small group of people that control the banks and run the wars and do everything that brings us nothing but misery, chaos, death and destruction, want you weak. They want you pathetic. They want you ugly and fat and incapable and stupid and dumbed down and distracted so they can take advantage of you, milk you for everything that you're worth and discard the husk like some sort of juiced lemon. Okay, it's time to wake up. It's time to realize what's going on. It's time to stop trying to negotiate with these people. Stop trying to reason with them. They're not reasonable people. They cannot be reasoned with or or have some sort of productive conversation with. They have to be silenced. They have to be destroyed. They have to be treated in the same way that they treat us. It's the only way that this works. It's the only way that it goes. And just look at what's going on with the jury trial in the, the grand jury with Trump. Right? There's articles today saying uh, Trump supporters published the name of the grand jury members. No, you're stupid, retarded clerk posted the names of it and everybody saw it and then you tried to claim it wasn't real and then it turned out to be because you hire stupid idiotic people to perform these tasks but meanwhile in portland antifa really is threatening jurors and you have nothing to say about it scumbag short time we have i can't get into all the incredible ingredients and super female vitality go to infowarsstore.com read about the ingredients look them up for yourself and then understand this is cold pressed herbs so it has a more powerful effect on the body get yours today at infowarsstore.com for 50 percent off Super Mel Vitality is selling out. It's an incredible formula for stamina, energy, libido. Only a few hundred bottles left. But the good news is we have several thousand bottles left of Super Female Vitality. That's the same formula. It boosts men. It boosts women. It works great. But women like pink labels. Men like different color labels. So it works for men as well. It's the same formula. It's an incredible formula. And it funds our operation. And here's another important part of the overall information it's 50 percent off for a limited time so get your super female vitality for men and women at infowarstore.com right now for 50 percent off and it funds the infowar super female vitality 50 percent off for a limited time at infowarstore.com infowars.com is tomorrow's news today You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, welcome back to The American Journal. If you want to support everything that we do here, go to InfoWarsStore.com. We have new three new coffee flavors, dark roast, medium roast, and a light roast. And just so you know heard, I don't know, I'm not an expert on this, but 
I've heard that uh, the light roasts actually have more caffeine. You, you sort of you would think it'd be the opposite. You done think, heard right. It's right, right? Yeah. So the dark roast, you would think it's like real robust and the flavor is really intense. And so you would think that that would correspond to a, a higher caffeine uh, load. But actually, the longer the coffee beans are roasted, it uh, burns off some of the caffeine. And so the dark roast will actually have less caffeine, but I think tastes a little better. So maybe that maybe the medium roast is where you go. But all three flavors are delicious and honestly the coffee might be my favorite product on InfoWars store it might be my favorite it is so good and you get a bag for yourself and you know what keep keep the bag in the pantry just you know if you have guests over or maybe take it to work and put it in a different bag and people will be asking you where did you get this coffee this coffee is amazing where do you get this we have people come into the office all the time guests or whatever we get them a cup of coffee that we make here and they're just like, this coffee is amazing. It really is amazing. It's the best drip coffee you could, you could ever ask for. So make sure to go to InfoWarsStore.com and get the three new flavors on sale today with InfoWars Coffee and support everything that we do here. All right, we've got Maui to talk about. We've got the indictments of Trump to continue to talk about. A lot of new information about that that we'll get into momentarily. But I want to actually go now. To a video of a man who long ago should have been thrown in a prison cell. Yet not only is he out there walking around a free man beyond all reason and common sense. He's actually standing behind podiums giving official addresses as an agent of the government of the United States. His name is John Podesta. And this is just one of those cases. We've talked about it since it was announced, since it was first laid on the table. It passed a year ago, so this is the year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act. Never in the history of America has there been such a blatantly, obviously, willfully misnamed piece of legislation to the extent that they – aren't even pretending it does what it says it does. It, it's just one of those things. It's another one of those things we deal with every day here where it's like, do we have to explain this to you? Th- this is insane. They write a bill. <clears throat> excuse me. They call it the Inflation Reduction Act, and it's a climate change bill that increases inflation by creating a bunch of new taxes. And implementing a bunch of climate change measures, which is also based on a fraud. The levels of fraud that we're dealing with, it's, it's going to become a star. It's, it's, the, it's so many layers. They're going to collapse in on each other and start a nuclear chain reaction, start a solar system of crap, of lies. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. So let's go now to John Podesta, noted uh, – what did Breitbart call him? Cover-upper of child trafficking, something like that. Alleged, obviously. Obviously, that's just alleged. Let's go now to clip number five. Here's John Podesta celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act. Let's watch. Uh, as Kareen noted, we're marking the one-year anniversary of – 
a truly transformative piece of legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the largest investment in clean energy and climate action ever in the United States, in the history of the world. But first, I want to acknowledge that today's event is coming during a time of heartbreak as the toll of extreme weather fueled by climate change is being felt across the country and the world. Oh, my God, this beady-eyed little goblin. All right, I just don't, I don't want to listen to him anymore. You heard it there in the first five seconds. But we, can go, we can go to clip number six just to, just to hear it one more time. Just hear one more yeah. time how they do this, like what they're doing, how they aren't even bothering manipulate. They have the American people so dumbed down and, and compliant at this point. They can just do anything. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Here's the the Border Safety Act. Uh, what does it do? It gives reparations to black people. What are you talking about? This is the right. This is the uh, fix our streets bill. If you don't vote on this, then it's your fault. There are potholes. If you don't vote on this, you're the reason that the streets aren't fixed everywhere. Uh, what does the fix the street bill do? It sprays air. It sprays metal, metal particles in the air to block out the sun. Like it's just so bafflingly off kilter. It is such a scam, and they do it so openly. I don't get how people don't tar and feather these people just out of sheer outrage of being insulted like this. For them to do this right to our faces and expect us just to shut up and go along, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the biggest expenditure on climate change that the world has ever seen. Are you not insulted? Are you not offended by this? Your intelligence being questioned, being insulted in the way this is, is by this guy. By old, old John kids in the hot tub Podesta. Old John, check out my art. It's children being tortured Podesta. Can I spank your children? <laughs> Podesta. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, maybe this is just what these people do, right? When they say Inflation Reduction Act, what they mean is climate change bill. And when they say hot dogs, what they mean is children. Let's go to clip number six here. John Podesta, again, telling you what the Inflation Reduction Act is all about. We have to cut the carbon pollution that's driving the climate crisis, and that's what the Inflation Reduction Act is all about. Okay, what do you say? What is this? What is this? Inflation's still massively high. Carbon's still... What plants breathe? Like, it's just... It is so bafflingly retarded. And I'm, so I'm sorry, but it's just... It's, it's, it, it's just insulting to me that these people get up and act like what they're doing makes any sense whatsoever. Let's go now to uh, clip number four talk about what inflation's really like. Let's go. I think they've been lying to us about inflation for like 40, 50 years now. I saw this headline in the New York Times. Inflation is declining, but here's why your groceries are still so expensive. And I'm like, yeah, they are telling us inflation is going down. The number that the media reports when they talk inflation is typically this measure, the Consumer Price Index. And it's compiled by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. And it looks like it's been going down. I don't know, but I'm still feeling some of that inflation. Maybe you are too. So... I did some digging. Turns out the government has a few resources at its disposal to manipulate the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. You don't say. You see, at first, the CPI was determined by a fixed basket of goods and services spanning two different time periods. 
But now the new methodology takes into account changes in the quality of goods and substitution, meaning that the items in a basket of goods can actually change from year to year. For example, let's say the price of steak went up 10% over the last year. Now, instead of taking that into account, they could actually change out the steak for a much cheaper item, say ground beef, and call it a substitution. Now, do we get a say in those changes? Do we even know what changes they're making? Nope. The Bureau of Labor Statistics operates under a veil of secrecy. The raw data used to calculate the CPI is not available to the public. You mean to tell me that there's no way for us to audit this very important measure that the Fed uses to determine monetary policy? Nope, I don't think so. I guess that tracks. This following passage is from Forbes magazine. Over the past 30 years, the government has changed the way it calculates inflation more than 20 times. These methodological improvements to the CPI are said to give a more accurate measure of consumer prices. However, the changes could also be a convenient way to include or exclude certain products that give favorable low results, but there's no way to know given the lack of transparency. I don't know, am I out of bounds for thinking that based on that information, inflation can literally Whatever they want it to be, yep. Alex Jones here in the next 60 seconds with some very exciting announcements. Vitamin Mineral Fusion is a bestseller. It's an amazing product. All the key amino acids, all the essential vitamins, all the essential minerals. That means everything you need to live and be healthy in one tasty, delicious powder that you put in a pitcher, mix up, drink in the morning, lunch, nighttime, middle of the night. It is simply amazing, and it empowers your immune system and your whole body. It's back in stock discounted at InfoWarsTour.com. You can get 10% off for signing up for AutoShip. Uh, we got double Patriot points. That's 10% off on your next order right now. All of that is available at InfoWarsTour.com. Things like 3,000 milligram CBD oil that just does over-the-top things for your neurological system, your joints, your bones, and so much more. Try it. I know you're going to love it. And it funds the InfoWar. Also try the 1,000 milligram salve for your joints and bones. It's under the private label Rebels In at InfoWarsStore.com. Check it out. So many other great products. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, welcome back. We'll be joined in the third hour by Patricia Finn, attorney helping victims of the COVID scheme sue the people that created the virus in the lab. We're taking your phone calls throughout the second hour. We're talking about Trump's indictment, the Maui fires, and some free speech issues. We'll, of course, be getting into COVID and even some transgender topics. So, also some international topics. 
and a bizarre pattern that I have noticed in that everywhere America gets involved overseas, soon after, Christians find themselves on the wrong end of genocide. Very suspicious how this happens every single time without exception. We'll be getting into that a little bit later as well, the latest instance in Pakistan. But continuing on topic that we were discovering, the mind-boggling chutzpah of these people who call a climate change bill the Inflation Reduction Act and then celebrate its implementation despite inflation being staggeringly high, costing the average American family $700 a month more for just their basic necessities, just robbing the American people wholesale. $700 a month on average. Just completely insane. In the video that we just showed from TikTok, was a guy explaining how they manipulate the inflation rate where they calculate the price of a collection of goods and then they check back on that same collection, see how the prices have changed, except if the prices have changed too much, Then they swap out some of the items for lesser items to pretend like inflation is lower than it actually is. The thing you have to understand is the entire concept of inflation is a psychological trick, and you don't have to take my word for it. You can listen to the people implementing it themselves. And I, of course, feel the necessity to remind you that the inflation cycle that we're currently drowning in all started with the Fed saying we need to create inflation. Inflation is necessary. The article from Bloomberg or Wall Street Journal or one of those main primary newspapers of record in the financial world said the Fed is doing everything short of dressing up like a, like a dove to try to get inflation going. So it's like they're doing this to you. It's on purpose. It's a plan. They announce it. They enact it. They celebrate it at the end, and then they tell you you're crazy for noticing. It's actually infuriating. But let's just go to uh, Powell. I can't remember this name. He's asked about 2% inflation. Why 2% inflation is such an important goal, how we get there and Whether we even need to get there or not or whether it's just something people say, again, everything we're seeing here has nothing to do with reality. That's the thing you have to understand. What what our government engages in is just wholesale psychological manipulation, has nothing to do with reality, has nothing to do with what is real, tangible, measurable, statistical. It has everything to do – With illusion, trickery, manipulation, psychologically priming the citizenry to go along with their own destruction. Could not be more obvious. Here's uh, Powell talking about 2% inflation. For the general public, for those working families of people, why 2%? Why is getting it to 2% so important? Um, So that has become the globally agreed, essentially all major central banks target 2% inflation in one form or another. Um, uh, How does that help my Nevada families? How does that help people in Nevada? I'll tell you how it does. 
and it, it it's um I guess it's it's obviously not uh, it's not obvious how that is, but it, what two percent inflation to have people believe that inflation is going to go back to two percent really anchors inflation there because you know the evidence is is and and the the modern belief is that people's expectations about inflation actually have a real an effect on inflation. If you expect inflation to go up five percent, then it will. You know, if everyone kind of expects that because that's what businesses and households will be expecting and, and it'll kind of happen because they expect it. So So it's true if you believe it. No, if you believe hard enough it's true. It's like the feast scene in Hook. There's like no, but if you believe in inflation, inflation will will help. If you believe in climate change then we'll save the earth. You just have to believe. You're not believing hard enough. Miracle on 51st Street. Like, how can anybody take any of this seriously? <laughs> this is why I have, like, an allergic reaction to anything that has to do with money. Because at the end of the day, it all comes down to something like that. It all comes down to, like, well, 2% we need to get to because if people believe it's 2%, then it'll be 2%. Just like, okay. The hell are you talking about? <laughs> the other the other video I had from from that day, maybe I can uh, find that quickly, uh, where they're just like, "Well, it's okay that America's credit rating is going down because we can pay off any debt we want because we print money from nothing. We can just print the money to pay for our debts." Okay, so this is all just fake. It's all just manipulation. This is all just weapons being wielded against the American people. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know when I could add to any of this stuff. When they're calling the Inflation Reduction Act the greatest climate change bill ever created, when climate change itself predicated on decreasing carbon dioxide, which is 0.04 percent of the Earth atmo- at Earth's atmosphere, and if it drops below 0.3 percent, 0.03 percent. Then all the plants die, and that's the extinction of life on Earth as we know it. How are you supposed to take any of this seriously? It'd be one thing if it was just one scam, but it's scam upon scam upon scam. It's a fractal scam. The more you zoom out, the more it looks the same. Just an intricate interweaving of lies to bring us to where we are now. And If you can't wake up to this, if you can't see what they're doing, there's nothing I can say. That can break through. We'll get into Trump's indictment here on the other side. We'll start with this video by Newt Gingrich, clip number 12. Newt Gingrich was on TV yesterday saying we are drifting towards the greatest constitutional crisis since the 1850s. Let's watch. Your reaction to that part of it? Well, I think what you're seeing tonight is one tree in a forest. And I think we are drifting towards the greatest constitutional crisis since the 1850s uh, and the rise of secession and the Civil War. I don't mean that as hyperbole. Uh, If you read Andy McCarthy's remarkable book, Ball of Collusion, which came out in 2019, he makes very clear that it is Barack Obama who corrupts the Justice Department, It is Hillary Clinton who routinely breaks the law and gets away with it. 
And now we have Joe Biden who's learned. He's learned from Obama that doesn't matter what you do, if you're a liberal Democrat, you will not be prosecuted. He learned from Hillary that a person in high public office can get millions and millions of dollars. And they learned from watching Donald Trump that a true outsider willing to take on the entire system could destroy their entire machine. So what you're seeing across the country is a desperate last ditch effort by a corrupt machine to destroy their most dangerous opponent in a way which not only breaks the Constitution, destroys the rule of law, and establishes a moment of bitterness, uh, which I think will last for a generation or more. I think you, this is going to be a horrendous period, and we just need to understand the people who want to control America and dictate to the rest of us will break any law, lie about any topic, and manipulate the system any way they can. And that includes a lot of the elite news media. Let me ask. He's absolutely right. And it goes far beyond just using the Justice Department as your bulldog to go after your political opponents. Because even that is simply a cover-up of the real crime, which was the stolen election, which itself was a response to Backlash to the other real crime, which was Trump getting into office in the first place, Russia collusion narrative, scam, destroying everything, the Ukraine impeachment, scam, stopping him from investigating Joe Biden's activities in Ukraine, which have led us to this world war. These people are willing to start wars. They're willing to destroy the lives of untold millions of people. I think they won't cast a few illegitimate votes. Wake up. War. Be right back. A lot of listeners have complained in the last two years that our amazing high-quality coffee has not been available. And that's because the prices went up too high for the raw beans and the quality had gone down some. I turned down so many companies that wanted to work with us. But now we have brought back the coffee and it's even better from a national supplier that's veteran-owned and veteran-operated. It's powered by the company Minuteman Coffee. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best-tasting, best-smelling, strongest coffee that I have ever drank. It is game-changing. All you got to do is buy a bag of it and try it. I know you're going to be hooked, which will then fund our Operation A360 win. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now for Escape to Prison Planet Light Roast. That's the strongest. The amazing Medium Roast Wig of America. And finally, the best-tasting Dark Roast Tip of the Spear, now exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. Get your coffee now. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, we are getting some news from uh, Ukraine here. You'll be very interested to learn about. Before we do that, I do want to talk about the Trump indictment. We have a lot of new news from that. First, I want to go to this video. I won't be able to play the whole thing, but you'll, you can find the whole thing on my Twitter, at Harrison H. Smith. This is all the way back in, I believe this was uh, either November or December 2020, immediately after the 2020 election. Here's Tucker Carlson laying out the voter fraud that occurred in Georgia during the 2020 election. 
It now appears there actually was meaningful voter fraud in Fulton County, Georgia, last November. That is not a conspiracy theory. It's true. From the beginning, this show has tried to be fact-based when we talk about the 2020 election results. So here's what we know tonight, factually. At least 36 batches of mail-in ballots from the November election were double-counted in Fulton County. That's a total of more than 4,000 votes. Those numbers come from a group called Voter GA, which, along with Bob Cheeley, sued to get them. The final tally from the double counts we know about amounts to more than 3,300 votes for Joe Biden and 865 votes for Donald Trump. Now, before you dismiss Bob Cheeley and Voter GA as dishonest partisan actors, keep in mind that the strongly left of center Atlanta Journal-Constitution appears to agree with this, at least in outline. The newspaper reviewed the available digital ballot images independently and concluded that hundreds of ballots were improperly duplicated. What does that look like exactly? Well, here's what it looks like. At a press conference yesterday, a consultant with Voter GA called David Cross showed how we can be certain that votes in Fulton County were counted more than once. Watch. What I'm going to show you here is two ballots side by side. One of them is marked for Jason Shaw, and it's got a little squiggle mark next to it. You can see it's got the identical mark on the second one. And the ballot image is stored up here on the top left. So this one over here is scanner 5162, that's scanner number three, batch number 235, image number 19. And that matches 234, image 59. So you have the same ballot counted twice in the images and counted in the audit. How that's possible, I don't know. How's that possible? I don't know. Every American should want to know, because the answer gets to the heart of the integrity of our elections, otherwise known as our democracy. We're not talking about a couple of ballots here. We're talking about a lot of ballots, at least hundreds of ballots involved, enough potentially to affect the outcome of the election. Here's another example. Here's one of the next ones. All right, so same batch, number 234, image number two, and 235, image number 61, Republican, 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 all the way down to the point where this little spot up in Fannie Willis matches this one over here. There's no question that that ballot was counted twice. So what's the explanation for this? Well, if you ask Fulton County, these discrepancies, the ones you just saw on the screen, were isolated incidents. Just a handful of bad ballots happens all the time. The county claims that any errors were caught in previous recounts. The problem is that neither one of those claims is true. Surveillance footage obtained by Voter GA appears to show large numbers of ballots being scanned multiple times. Pay attention in the tape we're showing you to the woman wearing yellow at the desk. According to Voter GA, she slides ballots into a scanning machine, removes the ballots, and then reinserts the same ballots. This happens multiple times. The question is, how many times were those ballots counted? Was each vote counted more than once? Fulton County won't answer that question. Now, one way to know the answer would be to check what are called audit tally sheets. Tellingly, for months after the presidential election, Fulton County failed to provide more than 100,000 of those tally sheets, including 50,000 of them for mail-in ballots. When Voter GA finally forced Fulton County to turn over the tally sheets, the conclusion was stunning. Here's what the audit found, quote, 
seven falsified audit tally sheets containing fabricated vote totals. For example, a batch containing 59 actual ballot images for Joe Biden and 42 for Donald Trump was reported as 100 for Biden and zero for Trump. The seven right, we'll be right back, folks. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, folks. Still a lot to talk about in today's program. Let's get into the indictment, the Trump indictment. Of course, you just saw just a little, a little smattering, a little taste, a little instance of just some of the Suspicious activity surrounding Georgia, specifically Fulton County, in the 2020 election, as presented by Tucker Carlson on Fox News shortly after it occurred. By far and away not the only example in the same vein. We can go to clip number one. This was posted yesterday by a woman named Brianna Morello. Where in 2020, she attempted to contact Governor Brian Kemp's office, something like 40,000 signed affidavits alleging some sort of improper conduct by the vote tally, the vote counters, or something of the sort. Uh, Yeah, there she is, loading up 40,000 affidavits, box upon box. Attempting to get some sort of response, some sort of oversight to this. And find her exact uh, post here to read it out for you. But this is like kind of what we have to do. You have to lay the groundwork because of the layers of deception, because of the levels of dishonesty. How, how can you – okay, this is it. Uh, today I attempted to contact Governor Brian Kemp's office. I sent out text messages, emails, and a phone call regarding the 40,000 signed affidavits that were dropped off at his office on the 18th of February 2022. Andrew uh, Eisenhower and Brett Smith were too busy to get back to me. That's how Kemp's staff operates. They laugh at citizens raising concerns over election fraud while pretending they didn't get 40,000 tips. Again, I have a tons of footage proving 40,000 affidavits were dropped off and accepted by Kemp's office. This just won't go away. So did not get investigated, didn't get looked into, got dismissed out of hand. And we'll explain that further in just a second. Meanwhile, the truth about the document that was posted before the grand jury actually decided what charges to level has finally come out. The Postmillennial has the story. Fulton County clerk who leaked Trump charges said she accidentally hit send instead of save. Wow. Isn't that interesting? I am human, Shay Alexander told Channel 2's Tom Jones on Tuesday. She was apparently under a lot of pressure to make sure the process went smoothly and made the oncoming indictment public. (laughs) Alexander told Jones she wanted to get the indictment to the public as soon as possible, and that's how the mishap happened. I have no dog in this fight, Alexander said. A copy of the leaked indictment soon made its way on social media. Vivek Ramaswamy, another presidential candidate in the Republican primary, posted some of its content online. The copy posted was what she called a dry run or an unofficial document that indicated the upcoming indictment. She said if if it had been the official copy, it would have an official stamp on it. Yeah, so the way this has gone is that they had a grand jury. 
who had not indicted Trump yet, that were still hearing witnesses, that were still deliberating, before their judgment had come down, they published the outcome of the deliberations. Curious, right? Rigged, in other words. So they rigged it. They put out this document when it was discovered that they'd posted the document before the decision had apparently been made by the grand jury. They withdrew the document and said, oh, that was fake. That was a fake document. That was a false document. That was a, we don't know where that document came from. What document? We don't know what you're talking about. Then when the actual indictment came down, it was identical to the letter, to the document that was published in the first place. So everybody realized, everybody knew at that point in case they hadn't known earlier. Yeah, you presupposed what the outcome of this jury trial would be. Well, I mean, they rigged the jury. So, I mean, they knew. Rigged upon rigged is what it is. Now, because of this and other actions by this particular area, Chanel Ryan on OAN says this, Georgia Code allows Trump and the 18 defendants in this case to sue Fannie Willis, the DA, for malicious prosecution and abusive legislation from justia.com, 2022 Georgia Code, Title 51, Torts, Chapter 7, False Arrest, False Imprisonment, Malicious Prosecution, and Abusive Litigation, Article 3, Malicious Prosecution, Right of action for malicious prosecution, a criminal prosecution which is carried out on maliciously, uh, carried on maliciously and without probable cause, which causes damage to a person prosecuted, shall give him cause of action. Of course, Fannie Willis doesn't know what the hell is going on anyway. She's just a tool being used by the deep state to go after Trump, but she'll probably pay the price for that because you always do when you participate in this despicable game. Fulton County, as Greg Price reports, went from saying that the early release of the Trump indictment was a fictitious document to the clerk accidentally hit send instead of save. Oopsies, whoopsie daisy. Whoops, give her a promotion quick. Rachel Alexander at RA, uh, at Rach underscore IC on Twitter says, I am seething. The judge assigned to the RICO case against Trump and others in Georgia is just 34 years old and has only been a judge for six months. She says, my law license was suspended for six months because the state bar said I was too inexperienced when I was Maricopa County Deputy County Attorney slash Special Assistant to be the attorney of record on a RICO case against corrupt Maricopa County supervisors and judges, even though I'd practiced law for 10 years and had represented judges against RICO cases when I was an Arizona assistant attorney general. And even though I didn't write the complaint, a far more senior attorney did, and I was supervised by the RICO expert in the office. This is how bad the injustice and corruption has gotten in our legal system. One system of justice for some and another system of justice for others. They obviously hand, uh, plucked this guy since they already know how he's going to handle the case. So the judge handling the case that may be the most important political case in recent American history where a former president is being charged with a RICO indictment, which was created to take down mobsters in the 1980s. The judge overseeing that has only been a judge for six months and has less than 10 years of experience in law because it's rigged, because it's a scam, because they get the most in- unqualified and incapable people to carry out their misdeeds because they don't know what the hell they're doing, and they just follow orders and then feel excited to be a part of something uh, big and important, playing on their ego, playing on their naivety and ignorance, 
to rig the system against their enemies. He's been a judge for six months, and now he's assigned to Trump's judge, uh, Trump's Georgia case. He's also bald at the age of 34, so there's that. Meanwhile, back to just the basis of this case, where it's just presupposed, has never been proven, has never been litigated, had ne- has never even been looked into whether or not the election was stolen or invalidated in some way. Like this is the crazy part. They're charging them with that being assumed as a fact of law. Now, if that was undermined, if that wasn't true, then the whole case makes no damn sense whatsoever. It only makes sense if the election was, as they keep telling us, the most secure election of all time. Mail-in ballots made it more secure. But if it wasn't, then Trump trying to find out and investigate and figure out what the hell is going on. It's not just perfectly reasonable. It's his obligation as president. So Elevator Charles on Twitter at Coop Sims says there have been a have been 92 total court cases brought by Trump questioning the stolen 2020 election. More than two thirds were dismissed on technicalities. That being a lack of standing being the uh, most frequently cited. Of the 30 cases decided on their merits, Trump and his allies were victorious uh, 22 times, 73%. This completely debunks the false narrative that the courts found the 2020 election to be secure and accurate. He provides a link with every case, the ruling, reasoning, and in-depth summaries at his website, election-integrity.info. Think about that. Two-thirds of the cases brought, they brought 92 cases, two-thirds of them were dismissed on technicalities, not by looking at the evidence, not by you know, noting what the accusations were and then investigating them and finding them to be unsubstantiated. No, no, no. Just dismissed out of hand without looking into the evidence whatsoever. 30 of them were allowed to be looked at, and of those 30, 22 were proven that Trump was right. There was rigging. We finally have our original best-selling colloidal silver back in stock. With the supply chain breakdowns and all the problems of the economy, we could not get the highest quality colloidal silver for almost three years back in stock. But now we've got it. 30 parts per million from the top lab. We've got a limited shipment. Hopefully we'll have a lot of it in the future. But if you want to experience and have in your medicine cabinet, have in your preparedness arsenal, high quality colloidal silver from the best manufacturer, we have it right now private labeled under the name Silver Bullet at InfoWarsStore.com. Limited supply, 30% off. InfoWarsStore.com, Silver Bullet. Research colloidal silver. Find out what a game changer it is and then get yours at InfoWarsStore.com. Silver Bullet, back in stock, 30% off. InfoWarsStore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. Why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within 
and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Folks, welcome back. We're going to go to the uh, Maui fires here in just a second. I do want to remind you to go to InfoWarsStore.com to take advantage of the Christmas in August sales event and especially to try the new our new lines of coffee, three new flavors of coffee. Escape the Prison Planet Light Roast with a smooth and crisp finish. This roast is a must-have for your daily breakfast cup. The Wake Up America Medium Roast, a perfect choice for your all-day coffee. This medium roast has a more robust flavor with a smooth finish and no bitter after- aftertaste. And the Tip of the Spear Dark Roast, the darkest of the three roasts. Tip of the Spear is very robust and bold roast that is smooth on the palate. Maybe stock up, try all three, figure out which one you like the most. Or if you already know you're tasting coffee, go now to get your favorite flavor at InfoWarsStore.com, one of our three new coffee roast, all single-source Colombian whole bean coffee in a one-pound bag. Just part of the Christmas Savings in August sales event that keeps us on the air, keeps us in the fight. And by the way, there's a lot of censorship information that I need to get to later as well. Looks like some other media outlets are going through just a modicum, a taste, a little tiny percentage of what InfoWars has endured over the last several years. Man, okay, yeah, we still have so much to talk about. Good Lord. We got LGBT stuff. We got the censorship stuff. We have uh, COVID-19. We'll be talking with Patricia Finn, who is a lawyer representing plaintiffs who are suing EcoHealth Alliance and Peter Daszak for creating the virus that injured them or their family. And we'll be talking about America's adventurism overseas. And we're not even done talking about the Trump indictment. As I'd like to go to this little timeline of suspicious activity posted online, nicely organized by this fella, Green Lives Matter, at Ultra Frog 17. Again, it's just a, he puts it together nicely. These are all things that we knew happened, but to see it in a timeline paints a very interesting picture. December 3rd, 2020, Brian Kemp went on the Laura Ingram show and called for a signature verification audit after a video surfaced showing people pulling boxes of ballots from underneath tables and counting them after hours with no election supervisors present, which is illegal. December 4th, 2020, Brian Kemp's family suffers tragedy as his daughter's boyfriend dies in a fiery car accident. December 5th, Trump holds a rally in Georgia claiming that the election was stolen. August 15th, 2023, Kemp says the 2020 election was not stolen and there's no evidence of fraud. What happened between now and then? Was he intimidated into silence? What if this coincidentally timed car accident was more than meets the eye? When you dissect the details of this case, things begin to look extremely suspicious. Video footage of the scene shows an absolutely huge pillar of smoke emanating from the wreckage. Three cars were on the scene. Do cars really burst into flames like this? What the hell happened here? 
Uh, just a little reminder. You know, kind of like how when uh, Jeffrey Epstein was going through the court system and the judge that was overseeing his case had her husband and children murdered by somebody just walking up dressed as a FedEx deliverer or some sort of delivery person, knocked on the door when they opened it, had gunned down her entire family. Remember how that happened? How many just deep state international assassins do you think are operating in America at any one time? I wonder. I really, really do wonder. So Green Lives Matter continues. Kemp was on the verge of actually looking into fraud as damning videotapes basically forced him to consider it. And then right as he was about to do so, this tragedy strikes. The timing is almost unbelievable, isn't it? He says, quote, I called early for a signature audit. Obviously, the Secretary of State for the laws of Constitution would not have to order that. He has not done that. I think it should be done, especially after what we saw today. There needs to be transparency on that. Hopefully, in the next 24 hours, we'll see a lot more. And, of course, you can clearly see ballots being taken from underneath the tables in the middle of the night with zero supervision. Imagine thinking there is no fraud when this kind of allegation comes forward and the most unlikable candidate you've ever seen gets the most votes in American history after staying in his basement for nearly the entire campaign. It's almost like COVID gave him the cover he needed to stay relatively hidden. It's almost like COVID-19 was created in a lab and released on purpose with very specific timing to destroy the 2020 election campaigning of the candidates as well as provide the excuse they needed for mail-in ballots. It's almost like that, isn't it? It's almost like a giant worldwide conspiracy plunging millions of people into mental illness, chaos, death, destruction, bankruptcy, destroying Tens of thousands of small businesses while the largest businesses and big business, biggest billionaires in the world added trillions to their net worth. It's almost like this was done on purpose. I guess you have to be a conspiracy theorist to see this sort of stuff. Comments in the Pooler Police Department social media page showed, showed many citizens alleging that they heard a loud explosion during this car accident. Now, what could that have been? The post shows uh, – the post that has now been deleted likely do – to what many were alleging, I wonder why they would want to delete that. We live in the area, heard a loud explosion. I heard an explosion also. I heard it up by Lowe's. I heard an explosion as well. Praying for all. So sorry for the loss of life. Hey, sometimes cars just explode. Don't you know that? Sometimes you're a, you know, a journalist looking into the claims of Julian Assange. And as you're driving down the road, your car just explodes and the engine goes flying 300 uh, meters. I mean, that just happens sometimes, doesn't it? One of the most influential citizen journalists on Twitter before the great purge of 2020, Julian Rum, uh, noted the car crash at the scene of Harrison Deal's death looked like molten remain. Can steel melt in such a manner during a car fire? After pointing these things out, he was subsequently banned on Twitter. He must have been too over the target. Yeah, just, I mean, if you look at this, I mean, isn't that just clearly a, a very normal car accident? I mean, that's what they all look like, right? Cars just completely shredded like they've been put in a blender. And melted down to nothingness? Yeah, it could be. Sidney Powell came out and alleged this was a murder attempt to put Kemp, Kemp into submission, saying what we're dealing with here is pervasive and very, very dark, pure evil. They're willing to kill people. Kelly Loeffler's aide would suddenly blow up in his car on the way to a rally. He happened to be dating Governor Kemp's daughter. Governor Kemp was considering an audit at that point. What do you think really happened? Is the timing of all this a coincidence, or was there really a plot to stop Trump from proving the election was rigged? Does steel really melt such a way in car accidents? I'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are. It's all speculation, obviously. I mean, far be it of me to you know, claim that uh, 
the fine people at Fulton County or, or anywhere in Georgia that the, the loving and, and generous patriots who run our deep state would ever do something so untoward as killing an innocent person? My God, no, they're so busy starting wars. They're so busy creating COVID in a lab. They're so busy locking people inside their homes and silencing you if you resist of infiltrating big tech companies to eliminate your ability to spread alternative medicines in the face of COVID. They're so busy putting a vaccine out that never was tested and has since caused untold hundreds of thousands of cases of myocarditis, the survival rate of which is something like 50% over a five-year period. I mean, you think they would just blow up a car? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, they kill people by the tens of thousands, not by the ones, not by the... They don't do single murders, do they? Of course they do, and it's worth looking into. Didn't we start this show? With uh, the fact that ivermectin apparently lowered death rates 75%. And that had probably the biggest media campaign to discredit that medicine the world's ever seen. How many people died from that? Alex Jones here in the next 60 seconds with some very exciting announcements. Vitamin Mineral Fusion is a bestseller. It's an amazing product. All the key amino acids, all the essential vitamins, all the essential minerals. That means everything you need to live and be healthy in one tasty, delicious powder that you put in a pitcher, mix up, drink in the morning lunch, nighttime, middle of the night. It is simply amazing, and it empowers your immune system and your whole body. It's back in stock, discounted at InfoWarsTour.com. You can get 10% off for signing up for AutoShip. Uh, we got double Patriot points. That's 10% off on your next order right now. All of that is available at InfoWarsTour.com. Things like 3,000 milligram CBD oil that just does over-the-top things for your neurological system, your joints, your bones, and so much more. Try it. I know you're going to love it. And it funds the InfoWar. Also, try the 1,000 milligram salve for your joints and bones. It's under the private label Rebels In at InfoWarsTore.com. Check it out. So many other great products. Go to InfoWarsTore.com right now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. Let's talk about Maui, shall we, folks? This post was published on Twitter yesterday by Daniel Alec Zek at Alec underscore Zek. To my people of Maui, is all of this true, he asks. Fire hydrants were dry. Fire marshals were out of town that night. The mayor and the governor were out of town. People who were trying to evacuate were told it's not time to evacuate and to turn around back into the fire. No cops on bullhorns. No firefighters in the streets. More robust emergency siren system in the most robust emergency siren system in the world did not sound. No warnings whatsoever. Anomalies with reported wind directions that don't scientifically add up. Tourists evacuated by bus. Locals locked in and told they can't get back if they in if they leave. School was canceled. Children were home while parents worked. Hundreds of children burned alive can't be identified. A perfect circle of fire around Lahaina. Molten metal next to intact trees. Media reporting fractions of real numbers. New insurance policies taken out on Lahaina before the fires. Who owns Lahaina besides the Hawaiians? The oceanfront property? The government? Wild how all of this uninhabitable land that only big developers can afford to clean up opened up for the plans of turning Maui into a smart island with billionaire funding. How many do you need? 
it goes on and on. And we're just, we're just asking questions here, folks. It's a little suspicious if you ask me. In fact, it's extremely suspicious. In fact, it's massively suspicious. And I see people online saying things like, oh, so what? Any national, national, uh, natural disaster now is going to be treated like some sort of grand conspiracy? Uh, yes. Actually, yes. In one way or the other. Every wildfire will now be evidence of climate change so they can blame CO2 and delete your farmers, make you eat bugs, put you on CBDCs with a tracking device planted under your skin. Sure, that's one conspiracy that they're running with, and they were making those claims before the fire was even out. Very suspicious indeed. And then, of course, you have things like this. Daniel Smith says – Uh, Danielle Smith says 500 of the 650 Alberta wildfires were started by humans, started by humans, not climate change. This is the Alberta premier. She says, all I know is that in my province, we have 650 fires and 500 of them were human caused. So she said when pressed by a mainstream uh, reporter, she asserted the overwhelming majority of fires in the province were started by humans, not climate change. Obviously, says this. Where they started on purpose as part of a coordinated effort or just 500 people all just deciding on their own to start fires. I don't know. I guess either one of them is possible, isn't it? Who's to say? Let's not look into it because that's conspiracy theory, obviously. Now, the reaction to this has really added to and, and exacerbated the confusion around the Maui fires. NBC News reports Maui Emergency Management Director defends decision not to sound sirens in fire. The Maui County's Emergency Management Administrator on Wednesday defended the decision not to sound warning sirens in wind-whipped wildfire that swept in the town of Lahaina, Hawaii. Asked at a news conference whether he regretted not having sounded the sirens, Maui County Emergency Management Agency Administrator Herman Andaya replied, replied, I do not. Questions have been raised about warnings in the wildfire, which are confirmed to have killed 111 people so far and devastated the town. Sirens, located mostly by the coastline, are primarily used for tsunamis, Andaya said. The public is trained to seek higher ground in the event that the siren is sound, he said. Had we sounded the siren that night, we were afraid the people would have gone Mayuka, Andaya said, uh, using a word meaning to the mountainside. If that's the case, then they would have gone into the fire. Uh, so instead, you let them sleep until the fire was consuming their house and they were burned to death. Great. Great. So they're not even they're not even apologizing for their complete culpability in this. Let's go to clip number seven here. This is M. Kaleo Manuel, the official who refused to release water in Maui. Contributing to up to 106 deaths. The uh, count now is 111 officially, but they're still searching. So here's the uh, water, uh, the official in charge of water in Maui uh, talking about his beliefs. Let's hear this. The commission is responsible per, per our authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it and looking at it from a holistic system perspective. And that's not if any different than how Hawaiians traditionally manage water. You know, in, in essence, we treated it, and Native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god and a kua kane. And so that reverence um, 
for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was was something that was really, really important to our worldview and, and well-being, right? And living in an island and isolated from other, you know, civilizations. Um, and so I think where it shifted to today or over time is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use and not necessarily something that we revere as that thing that gives us life. Right. I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set. Um, And, you know, if we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um, can reconnect to that traditional value set. So really my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like we, we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity. Yeah, equity. You know, agency headed by indigenous knowledge advocate delayed water supplies that would have fought Hawaii fires, letter says. So this has been posted uh, by End Wokeness on Twitter. It's gotten a lot of response from some big names. Elon Musk's, Musk asks, doesn't that make him in large part responsible for the deaths? Uh, I know um, Marjorie Taylor Greene responded to this as well. The conservative alternative lists out the uh, things where the government is culpable of this fire uh, in part of this fire saying, one, they failed to sound the alarm, did not warn citizens of the danger. Two, they deliberately decided not to fully contain the fire. Three, Joe Biden has literally done nothing to help our fellow citizens. Other people calling this premeditated murder. Marjorie Taylor. Oh, OK, that's a parody. So she didn't really respond to it. So, you know, they didn't release the water. They uh, didn't sound the alarms to warn people what was happening. They didn't use their messaging system, which we know that they have because, remember, last year, the year before, when they uh, told everybody that a nuke was on its way and everybody hid. It wasn't real. It was, some, it was an anti-Trump activist trying to scare people. Who is Kaleo Manuel? A Maui water official faces scrutiny over fire response. Wasn't just that. Hawaiian Electric knew wildfires in Maui were a growing risk, but waited years to act. They knew since 2019 they needed to do something to deal with the power lines and the uh, kindling for the wildfire. They did not do anything to uh, fix things, just as similar it happened in uh, California, of course, as well, as they refused to uh, clear out the forest and allow for massive and deadly wildfires. Clip number nine is a reporter asking Biden's FEMA administrator about why there's no government personnel or assistance in Maui for days. Let's watch. Chris, well, I heard everything you said about all the resources that are um, being brought to bear, but we keep interviewing survivor after survivor who says that uh, either they didn't see any government personnel or assistance for days or that they still haven't. Uh, how do you explain the disconnect between what they're saying and what you're saying about all the resources that are there in Maui? I think you need to understand that this community is going through an amazingly traumatic event. Uh, I can tell you that we have personnel that are on the ground year-round and embedded in with the state as soon as the fire started so we could continue to understand what resources were needed and help move them in. Oh, great. Bureaucratic doublespeak. Well, I'm satisfied then. Does anybody ever get sick of this? Does anybody ever get sick of this? First, I first started noticing it with 
the mass shootings where like there'd be some mass shooting where it was some troubled kid who'd been in trouble with the law a bunch of times and then is in conversations with some FBI agent in a Discord server and then he goes and shoots up a school and whether it's the school or the the Las Vegas shooting, which is now the police chief in Maui, by the way. Every single time, the press conference would always begin with, we did great. We did a fantastic job. The police are the best. Thank you. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. Alex Jones here in the next 60 seconds with some very exciting announcements. Vitamin Mineral Fusion is a bestseller. It's an amazing product. All the key amino acids, all the essential vitamins, all the essential minerals. That means everything you need to live and be healthy in one tasty, delicious powder Put in a pitcher, mix up, drink in the morning, lunch, nighttime, middle of the night. It is simply amazing, and it empowers your immune system and your whole body. It's back in stock, discounted at InfoWarsTore.com. You can get 10% off for signing up for AutoShip. Uh, we got double Patriot points. That's 10% off on your next order right now. All of that is available at InfoWarsTore.com. Things like 3,000 milligram CBD oil that just does over-the-top things for your neurological system, your joints, your bones, and so much more. Try it. I know you're going to love it. And it funds the InfoWar. Also, try the 1,000 milligram salve for your joints and bones. It's under the private label Rebels In at InfoWarsTore.com. Check it out. So many other great products. Go to InfoWarsTore.com right now. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. All right, folks, we'll be joined in the third hour by Patricia Finn, attorney helping victims of the COVID bioweapon. My words. To the people who created it. We're going to go back to some uh, Maui coverage and move on just a little bit to some other stuff today before welcoming her to the show. I do want to remind you, of course, to go to InfoWarsStore.com to support us. That's the only way we get funding for this incredible crew, all of the behind-the-scenes work that goes into getting this show on the air, whether it's the graphics and the audio, I mean the massively complicated system at work behind the scenes here. Of course, the web hosting that we have to do since we got kicked all off of all of uh, social media. Everything comes from the InfoWars store when you go there and purchase a fantastic product, such as one of our three new lines of coffee now available. You can also, of course, support us in other ways, like going to InfoWarsStore.com and sharing the links, by going to Bandai Video and sharing the videos, Hit the share button. It gives you a disguised link that you can actually post on social media or you can download it yourself and re-upload it yourself. 
everything is free to air, and we are happy if you spread it since it is about spreading the information. I also want to remind you that uh, later this evening, myself and Klaus Schwab Jr. will be at Vulcan Gas Company here in Austin for the Illuminati Confirmed Comedy Showcase. Two new uh, skits. We're premiering live skits. We've been rehearsing and writing feverishly over the last little while. I also have a 10-minute monologue. I'll be performing stand-up from Klaus Schwab Jr. as well as several other Austin local uh, stand-ups. I hope to see you there if you can make it. should be a very fun evening of mocking the powers that be. And, of course, you can go to AmericanJournal.info to see all of our social media. Help us share that stuff around. We've been having massive, massive success with our counteroffensive on mainstream social media such as TikTok and Instagram, receiving tens of millions of views and reaching audience members that uh, we never would have had access to otherwise. So thank you to everyone for going to InfoWarsStore.com and supporting us in this mission to save humanity from the lying scumbags that are trying to kill us all. Is there really anything like that's too extreme to say about this? Now, I'm going to go to one more video from Maui. I did just have the video pulled up so I can give you the full context here. But as I understand it, it is citizens in Maui. Here we go. It's posted by Matt Wallace on Twitter. He says this. This is pure evil. I've obtained new footage from Maui Fire Ground Zero that shows Hawaiian police officers shutting down a citizen donation center for victims of the fires. The officer says that the powers that be are responsible. Maui is a small series of islands. Small island with a population of only about 165,000 people. Of those individuals, most of them are very wealthy and a lot of them are celebrities. They do not want any poor people or locals living there anymore. It's obvious they're trying to drive them out with crazy insurance rates, poor treatment, and targeted disasters. The woke elite class have no souls. They're shameless demons. Yeah, I agree with most of that. So we'll go now to this video. Apologies for the poor quality. It's a video of a phone it's a video of a video on a phone, so that's what we got. But you can hear the police officer tell people they're shutting down placard distribution. So I guess this is regular people on Maui fed up with being completely ignored and abused by their government, demanding some sort of help. And this really, if nothing else, even outside of the realm of speculation about what happened with Maui, you have the failure to clean up and, and reinforce the power lines, the failure to sound the alarm, the failure to provide the water and firefighting service, right? The failure to do the basic requirements that a government is supposed to do. I mean, they have a monopoly on these things. The regular average citizen doesn't have the ability to maintain a fire truck, right, or to maintain the water. So this is the government's purview, but just like everything else the U.S. government, state governments, or local governments are engaged in, it seems like the well-being and continued living of the average citizen comes second to whatever other ridiculous pursuit that the globalists have deemed more important, whether it's climate change or equitable worshiping of water or whatever that dude was talking about. That all comes first to just the basic fulfillment of your obligations as 
the government. So beyond all of that, even outside of the the goings-on in Maui, never heard quite so honest a statement from a police officer about how power works in this country. And if you're looking for like a main fail point in American society, it's the cowardice and willingness to go along shown by the people in uniform, whether it's the Army, the National Guard, or police officers. They routinely engage in behavior that they know is unconstitutional, that they know is morally repugnant, that they know makes them the bad guys, but they do it anyway, and it's really something else. And I'll remind you that the reason Stuart Rhodes first burst onto the national scene is he wrote an essay titled something like 10 Orders Everyone in Uniform Should Refuse to Obey. And we showed the video before of after Katrina – National Guard members going house to house in New Orleans, confiscating guns, like in between houses, they're talking to a camera going, man, this is really bad what we're doing. This is really unconstitutional. I can't believe we're taking the guns of people when they have a Second Amendment right. Anyway, let's go to this house. Knock, knock. Give us your guns, sir. Like it's it's crazy. How these people just follow orders like this and you'll see what i'm talking about let's just go to the video and then we'll talk about it on the other side here's a video of maui police officer shutting down a citizen donation center for victims of the fires clip eight Ian, have you ever have you ever seen a more illustrative example of of the downfall of a free and open and constitutional society? The orders have come down from on high that I'm supposed to abuse you and abolish your constitutional rights. I know, please, I know. I am evil. It's true. I am just the the tool of evil people that you can't even see. They're in the back somewhere. They just issue orders. And then me, the automaton, I go out and enforce those. And trust me, I know they're wrong. I know they're bad. I know what I'm doing. It's probably illegal. But I'm going to do it. I'm a police officer. (laughs) Is it that hard? I don't know. Is it really that hard? I just try to put myself in the mindset. You get this order where it's like, oh, yeah, there's people like distributing food. Uh, they also have signs. They they want the media to know that like the government's not helping them. You've got some guy sitting in an office that's just like, go shut it down. Go shut it down right now. Take their placards. Disperse them. Seize the food they're trying to distribute. Throw it into the ocean. And like the guy's just like, oh, gee, okay. Pfft, all right, I guess I will. <laughs> he just goes and does it. Is it really that hard? Just be like, uh, yes, sir, I will. And then you walk out and you just don't do that. You just go. You drive your car there. You go, uh, hey, guys, we need to uh, – no, nah, they're not paying attention to me. Hey, I tried. I really tried. That nah, was hard though. It was really hard. 
non-essential flood distribution sites. Suspend placard program after non-essential people flood distribution sites. Oh, is the wrong. Oh, the people weren't essential. That was the deal. <laughs> okay, I didn't understand. I'm sorry, I didn't know the people weren't essential. I thought they were people. Like at a certain point, we don't even need conspiracy. There doesn't need to be coordination between the media and the deep state. It's just like at a certain critical mass of stupid and or evil people, things just happen. They don't need to be coordinated. Just everybody sort of knows to play their part as long as the the police officers that are enforcing it are so submissive to the illegitimate powers who themselves are so incapable of maintaining the complex systems that disasters happen but are so concerned about their own power and their own well-being in this corrupt system that they do everything they can to cover up uh, their own activities rather than you know correct it you don't need a conspiracy it's just natural normal collapse of a society for everything the globalists hit us with god through mother nature has given us the answer I don't have to sell you on CBD oil, full spectrum of CBD oil, the incredible things it does for your nerves, your brain, uh, your entire physiological system, for your nervous system particularly. Everybody knows it's incredible, it works. We have the strongest, best CBD oil you're going to find anywhere at the lowest price. Yes, you can find this same CBD oil for 30% more because that's who we're getting it from, made right here in Central Texas. Our private label name is Rebel Zen. Rebel Zen is a private label of one of the top three or four CBD makers in the country that's based right here in Texas, and we're giving it to you at 30% off. And here's what's even crazier. 30% off of what they're selling it for. They're selling theirs for 30% off what their competitors are. So this is the highest rated, already at the lowest price, now even a lower price. Rebel Zen. Get yours at InfoWarsStore.com now. 